Would you join me in Galatians chapter 5, please? Galatians chapter number 5, verse 22. It's the first uh, verse that speaks of the fruit of the Spirit. It says in this verse, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Guess what I'm going to talk to you about today? Patience. And some of you will be very glad when it's over. You can't wait, right? There you go. There's the test right there. You can't wait for this one to be over. I need to talk about patience. Patience. It's a good word for us. And I imagine for some of you, just hearing the word makes you cringe a little bit. Makes you wonder, you know, what's this going to say and how guilty am I going to feel when we're done? Well, we're going to study it from God's Word today. So, let's find out what God has to say about it. But first, let's talk to Him, because it's His Word. Heavenly Father, we bow before You today with Your Word opened up in our lap. We are able to read it, and we thank You, Lord, for that. Just to own a copy of this priceless, priceless book to have your words recorded for us to know, to understand, to respond to, to live out. Lord, what a gift you have given to us. And you've given to us this time now to spend in it, to glean from it, to feast upon, and to be nourished for service. And I pray that it's a very effective time. As we study such a word like this, Lord, show us what you want us to know about it. And and do that work in our hearts. You know us inside out, so there's nothing hidden from your view. You know what needs to be done. And we pray that it is accomplished. For above all things, we want to be more like Jesus. Teach us from your word today, we pray in his name. Amen. Patience. Some of us are very quick to admit we need it, right? We could confess that. Some would even say, Lord, give me patience and give it to me now. (laughs) Don't you love that little phrase? To some, patience is simply a delay tactic. They use for their little uh, five-year-old who wants something and keeps demanding it, and you keep saying, have patience, have patience. It simply means we're not ready to give it to them and we're busy. Uh, So we're encouraging them to have patience until we're ready to give that. To others, patience is a test to see how much they can endure. We use that often, I think. We, We actually combine the concept of patience with endurance, with forbearance, with, uh, uh, even long suffering. If you read that this morning in the King James Version, perhaps. You would have seen that fourth word. It wasn't patience. You saw the word long-suffering there. We're going to look at this word today. And while we say that we admit we need it, sometimes we also add, and we're working on it. We're working on it. But others would say, but I'm afraid to work on it, because I've seen a verse. And it's in James. You know which one I'm going to? In chapter 1, verse 3, what is the testing of your faith producing? Well, some texts say patience. 
Few of us like the possibilities of being tested in order to bring it about. Isn't there an easier way to gain it than to be tested? I know as a teenager, I always thought things like that. I said, I, I, I wouldn't mind, Lord, learning patience, but, but I don't want the avenue that is suggested here. I used to do all kinds of things like that in, in uh, my teen years when I thought through things. Such as when we would say the Lord's Prayer. And we'd get to that part where it'd say, uh, forgive us our debts. And then you know the next line. As we forgive our debtors. I never said that as a teenager. I figured it was honest. Because if I wasn't good at forgiving, I didn't want God to forgive me that way. So I always left that line blank. And that's how some people approach patience. They say, even, Lord, I want it, I need it, I know it's what is necessary, yet I don't think I want the route that it takes to gain this. That's what we do at James chapter 1, verse 3. But today, patience is our topic, and we're going to start with the definition first today and move right into Galatians 5 in the context here. The American definition, and I say it this way, the American definition, which you would pull up on an internet uh, search if you want, uh, the word patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay or trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. Another says the quality of being patient as the bearing of provocation, annoyance, misfortune, or pain without complaint loss of temper, irritation, or the like. An ability or willingness to suppress restlessness or annoyance when confronted with delay. The third one, patience is a person's ability to wait something out or endure something tedious without getting riled up. Did you see some common things in those phrases? Like, generally, what is the reaction that they're holding off? What is it that they're trying to hold off from? An anger, right? A, a response, uh, they call it riled up, or loss of temper, or irritation, is the other word there. Now, this is where I find something very, very interesting, uh, in that most of the definitions we give for patience has to do with endurance. We treat it that way, like it's endurance. Uh, somehow we've, we've got to just get through this. We've got to, to make it on the other side. There is a Greek word for such a thing. The Greek word hupomeno is a, is a combination word. Hupo is being under something, and meno is to stay there. It's the word to abide. To abide under something. You, you can't get out from under. You, you have that stamina to stay under something. Many times used for persecution and such in the New Testament. The ability to stay under. Instead of looking for the escape route. Instead of cashing it all in, so to speak, and, and quitting. There's that word hupomeno in the New Testament. Bearing up. Sometimes they call it that. Or... Sticking with it is another way we might use it today. Now, that's funny because that's generally the English definition of patience is 
to stick with it and get through it and hold up underneath it and such like that. The Greeks had a different word for that. So you won't be surprised at all that this word patience is an entirely different word. When we approach this patience today, we're going to see something else that God has to say about it that I think is very interesting. But let me give you at least this much to help you understand the difference before I go into it. There is a patience that speaks of endurance, and it concerns primarily ourselves. How are we going to get through this? How are we going to bear up? How are we going to, how are we going to endure? That, that's that kind of patience that we're used to with endurance. But the patience that we study here today has to do with others, not with you. It has to do with others. It is the fruit of the Spirit, right? And when you go through the list of the fruit of the Spirit, how many of these things, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How many of those things are really aimed at us? When you look at it carefully, it speaks of that horizontal relationship where we're giving something, right? Especially if you look at words like kindness and goodness, such like that. Well, this, this fruit I've suggested now for several weeks, is designed ultimately for service. It's not merely an attribute for our own benefit. (laughs) It's for the good of others. It's for the good of others. And so with that, just as kind of the foundation for what I'm about to say, the Greek word for patience is makrothumos. Makrothumos. Again, a combination word, and if I say macro you might have a good view of what that word is all about. It means long. It it means distant. It it means uh, bigger. What do you think is its opposite? Micro. Small and short. Macro. Big. Long. That's the first word, macro. The second word is thumos. We get all kinds of words like uh, thermos and stuff, things that can hold heat. The word thumos has to do with a passion, a heat, if you will, uh, that builds, we generally associate it with anger. It's a, a fierceness, an indignation, an outburst, if you will. Uh, we also use the word wrath and rage in this context. Thumos is that kind of a word. So put it together, you have long on wrath. Long on anger. Sometimes we would say a long fuse instead of a short fuse. We'd say long on anger. Microthumos, if there was such a word. I don't know if the Greeks actually had it. I might have just made that up. Microthumos is the opposite of that. Short fuse, very quick to wrath. That kind of a picture I think we can visualize easy in our mind. But here's the difference between the two. Maybe if if you'd like this difference, I was talking with Pam the other day and we she brought this up and I thought, hey, this is just perfect for the context. 
The difference between the two is the difference between your microwave and your oven. We are in a society where microwaves dominate. I mean, that's more than just how you cook your food now. It's that we want everything quicker. Quicker. Move it quicker. Get it to me quicker. And you know what we're losing? This word patience just popped up, didn't it? You see, we coach people with with anger issues to have control. And yet, all the while, our society is pushing us here faster and faster and faster to get what we want now. It fits this word very well, and the contrast to it especially. Macrothumos. Now, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper yet with it, because you've got the basic ideas, and the idea of slow to avenging anger is part of this. But now we get a little graphic. All right, just a warning. The word thumos, which is wrath or anger, comes from the Greek word thuo, which means to slaughter or butcher. You've got a picture of passion all of a sudden, don't you? Unfortunately, we've seen this before. It's been in our newspapers. It's been on our TV. So vivid, a fierce anger that the victim is butchered, slaughtered. Many years ago, we we heard a news report about a man they said committed suicide. And it just didn't seem logical in the description of his suicide. He had struck himself on the back of the head with a hammer 35 times. How do you do that? I, I, I'm still flabbergasted by the whole idea. 35 times. The idea of a passion that's out of control, that's the difference between this word here and the one of endurance. Endurance, hupomeno, is generally associated with things. I've got to stay under this trial. I've got to stay under this persecution. I've got to stay under this burden. I've got to stay under... There's a thing there. And that's what they're dealing with. Trials and conflicts and delays and all those things. Even James chapter 1 verse 3. It is the word hupomeno there. It has to do with endurance that is built. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. He didn't say patience. He said endurance. It's a thing that conflict is, is building in you. But macrothumos, the word for patience here today, has to do with people. Has to do with people. You see, in the context, let's set it down where it was. In Galatians 5, here in verse 13, what is the last line of verse 13? What are we to be doing? Through love, serve one another. And again, in verse number 14, look at the last line. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 15 starts with the contrast to that kind of love and that kind of service. And what are they doing? Biting, devouring, consuming one another. You see a difference between the two? Through love, serving one another. On the other side... 
people are biting and devouring and consuming one another. Even go this far. In verse number 16, if you do not walk by the Spirit, and I said that intentionally, I know what it says, but I'm saying this. If you do not walk by the Spirit, what will you carry out? It says the desire of the flesh. That word there, desire, is lust in some translations. That's a Greek word, epithumos. It's the same word, but intensified. Intensified. That's intensified wrath. And does that manifest itself if we're walking by the flesh? Does that show up? An intense passion for wrath? Look at these things in the middle of verse 19 and on to verse number 20. You've got 19. It's talked about the deeds of the flesh. They are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. Notice the next four or five. Enmities, strife. Jealousy, outburst of anger, and disputes, and dissensions, and factions, and envyings. All of those in that same department. All of them. Of a passion. An intense passion. And who are we aiming it at? Other people. Biting, devouring, consuming, tearing up. You see? When it comes to this side of the fruit that we look at today, when we talk about patience, we're talking about our dealing with people. Our dealing with people. We have two things before us here. One is strife and enmities and outburst of anger. The other side is being long on it. Long on wrath. Now I'm going to illustrate it for you this way. Go back to Romans chapter 2. We're going to look at a handful of verses here. But Romans chapter 2. We're going to start you off in verse 3. Just read a couple of verses here. Romans 2, verse 3. But do you suppose this, O man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness kindness and tolerance and patience? Yes, that's the word. Not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance, but because of the, your stubbornness and unrepented heart, you are storing up, you see the word? Wrath for yourself. In the day of wrath, the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Now hold that thought and go to chapter 9 of Romans. Chapter 9 and start in verse 15 here. We're getting a view uh, of our God here. And he says to Moses in verse 15... I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it does not depend on the man who wills or the man who runs, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I raised you up to demonstrate my power in you that my name might be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. So then he has mercy on whom he desires. 
and he hardens whom he desires. You will say to me then, how does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? On the contrary, who are you, O man, to answer back to God? The thing molded does not say to the molder, why did you make me like this, will it? Or does the potter have the right over the clay to make from the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for common use? Now here come some of the hardest words you find in Scripture. What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? And he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. Now, I don't know when you read these words, hear these words of verse 22 and 23, how it hits you in your heart. Sometimes when we read those, some would say, but it doesn't sound very fair that these vessels are prepared for destruction and, and God's wrath lays upon it. And I, I don't fully understand that. And then I take it into a personal level and realize that I deserved his wrath too. And quite honestly, if God had the same characteristics of me and everyone here should be very glad he doesn't, if I see an ugly bug on the sidewalk, I step on it. If I see something repulsive to me, I want to get rid of it. Our God has looked down upon this earth since he created it. And the creatures that have walked on this earth, these men and these women, all the way from the day that Adam and Eve sinned, have been a repulsive sight in his eyes. They have been under his wrath every single moment from that moment they took of that fruit. This world is under the wrath of God. And do you not realize that he has the power, not with just his, his fist or even with his foot, but with his word. As he said, let there be light and there was light, he could say, let there be death and guess what? It's done. This Verse, verse 22 and 23, says something much greater than what we generally just stop and look at. God, willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience. You see that? Vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. And he did this to make known to us the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. I was in going through Psalm 106 here this morning as I was uh, spending a little time in, in the Old Testament. And, and it was a commentary on Israel from the time they left Egypt at the Passover till they got into the Promised Land. I'll tell you what, it's a very unflattering chapter if you were an Israelite. Every other verse spoke of how stubborn, how difficult, how sinful, intentionally at times they were. How difficult they were 
in following the Lord, even to the point that they didn't want to go across the Red Sea. And that may surprise you, but it's right there. It's almost like they had to be dragged across that place. But when you read all that, every other verse says that God was merciful, and God was patient, and God was good and kind to them. It started with praise the Lord, it ended with praise the Lord, because if you don't do that, imagine what it would be like. The whole chapter is just loaded with the goodness and the patience of God. And this is how Paul did this. He writes this in Romans, but go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1, and you'll see Paul's personal testimony here. It's verse number 15, and it's also verse number 16. But 1 Timothy 1, 15, it is a trustworthy statement, he said, deserving all full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. Paul called himself the chief of the sinners. And then he goes to say, yet for this reason I found mercy. So that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Paul acknowledged if it wasn't for the patience of the Lord, he being the chief of sinners, he was under the full wrath of God. But he found mercy. Several other places, if we had time just to walk through them, I'll just read them off here, and you can mark them and look them up later. Peter, when he's talking about patience, he goes all the way back to the Old Testament, and he pulls up a wonderful little story we're all very familiar with. It's about Noah. It's about building an ark. It's about a flood that's about to come. And if you put all the numbers together, you'll find out that Noah worked on that ark for 120 years. And all the while, he is proclaiming the righteousness of God, a preacher of righteousness, over and over and over. 120 years, we would say, boy, if he's a pastor and he only has eight converts in the end, what kind of track record is that? 120 years he spoke to them about what God was going to do. Now, what does that equate to? Peter said this in 1 Peter 3.20. He speaks of those who were once were disobedient. When the patience of God kept waiting in the day of Noah, during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through the waters. And Peter's not done with that. He brings it up in Second Peter, his second book, in chapter 3, verse 15, when he says, Now regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. Regarded as salvation. Are you glad for God's patience with you? Wow. That's an incredible thing. He is justified, folks. He is right. He is is perfectly within his character and all that is true of him to crush us with wrath. Yet he's patient toward us. You see, if anyone can illustrate being long on wrath, our God certainly can. How does that translate into our lives here? In Ephesians chapter 4, 
Ephesians chapter 4. I'm taking you on a circle, but I'm coming right back to Galatians here. But I want you to see a couple of things that are very important. We are told to have this patience. And it's aimed at others. It's aimed at others. It's like the way we have received it, we're to give it. And here in Ephesians 4, it's our calling. He says in verse 1, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Do you like your calling? It's a worthy thing, isn't it? He says, walk in a manner worthy of that calling by which you have been called. How do I walk? With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance, for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, where there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were also called in one hope, in one hope of your calling. Now, this tolerance, it's not putting up with something. That's not what he meant. We, we use that word tolerance now in a very uh, disagreeable manner in our society today. He said, to show tolerance for one another in love. Love doesn't stay silent when it deals with sin. Love doesn't leave the brother out there in sin. Love speaks to them. He speaks in love. He speaks the truth in love. Patience is about that too. Patience isn't just putting up with somebody. Okay? Many times he used it that way. I'm just trying to be patient with him. That's not what he's talking about here. Because God wasn't that way with us, was he? Did he just say, I'm going to be patient with them? Or did he do something about our problem? You see, in Colossians chapter 3, it says this again. Now, if anything has made you uncomfortable, brace yourself for this one. Colossians 3, verse 12 and verse 13. So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and guess what? Patience. Bearing with one another. Oh, it's aimed at somebody else. Forgiving each other. Ouch. Whoever has a complaint against anyone... And then here comes the stinger. You ready? Just as the Lord forgave you. There's our standard. There's our standard. Patience is not measured according to what you or I can do. It's to be measured according to what God has done already. As the Lord has already exhibited that patience toward us. We're called for that. To exhibit that ourselves. After all, we're studying the fruit of whose? Yours or the Spirit's? The Spirit's. He tells us in Colossians 1, verse 10, if you just backed up two pages or so, he says in verse 10, to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power. Are you ready for this? According to His glorious might, for the attaining of steadfastness and patience. Now, do you know what you just heard? 
the source of patience. What was it? Whose might? His might. He tells us to bear fruit. He tells us to increase. He tells us to be strengthened with all power. And then he says, now, where are you going to get it? It's according to his glorious might. For the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. I'm going to show you what it means. Because sometimes when we say, I need patience and I'm going to work on that. We've got the entirely wrong perspective here. It's not your patience he wants. It's not my patience he wants. Guess whose patience needs to be in here? His patience. His patience. You see, that's not possible unless I'm walking by the Spirit. I bring this up every week, but I'm going to keep emphasizing it all the way through, all the way through when I talk about this. This is the fruit of the Spirit. We're told to walk by the Spirit. This is not decoration that He's putting on us. The fruit of the Spirit, love and joy, it's not that at all. But it's the equipment that we need for service to deal with people. To look at people the way He looks at them. To minister to them. Yes, they're difficult people at times. Weren't we? The fruit of the Spirit, that manifestation is for the good of others. It's to edify others. It equips us that we may serve one another, that we may love one another. It's not possible unless you're walking by the Spirit. It's not possible any other way. We cannot manufacture this. We cannot produce it. We cannot even maintain it. This is not our product. It's not our patience. And so we really can't just take part of ours and mingle it in there somehow and say, well, we've got a pretty nice setup here. He doesn't look for our kind of patience. He doesn't want a mixture of the flesh in it. He doesn't compromise with that. He does not cooperate with that. He's not satisfied with that. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Pure and complete. The fruit of the Spirit is this patient we're talking about. This patience. It comes from a right relationship with Him. It's the natural outcome of that relationship. So we don't take credit for it. We don't pat ourselves on the back for this. We didn't own it. It was given to us in the first place, wasn't it? And the Holy Spirit's building that within us, designing us for service, that we might serve one another, that we could look at other people in ministry and minister to them. Even Paul, when he wrote to Timothy, he told them, told him, when you teach and when you preach and when you deal with this group and you deal with that group, especially false teachers, he says, do it with patience. Why? Because you're dealing with people. You're dealing with people. And we go back to how God says, this is how I deal with you. It's our calling. I'm going to read those verses out of Ephesians and Colossians again to you. I told you where they were before. Just listen this time. Paul says, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling by which you were called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, 
showing tolerance to one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the faith in the bond of peace, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Any who has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you, so that you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. To please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. Now, are you looking for patience? Are you saying, you know, Pastor, uh, this hits me right here because my fuse is a little short when it comes to people. I respond very quickly with my desire. And of course, the whole goal of being angry is to be vicious enough that they stop what they're doing, right? So we escalate it at times when it doesn't seem to work, and we turn up the heat. And how quickly we can become just like that, can't we? Explosive, outburst of anger, strife, and all these other things that Paul was dealing with with the Galatians. Do you realize how vastly different it is to walk by the Spirit? To walk by the Spirit? Is that not our command? To walk by the Spirit? This isn't optional for us. To say, well, you know, Pastor, I'm going to get to patience sometime later. The Holy Spirit is already doing that in your life. If He's in there, I said that in a funny way, didn't I? If he's in there. But I ask you a question today. A simple question. It says in John 3.36, that he who believes in him, that Jesus Christ, has eternal life. And he who does not believe, the wrath of God abides on him. I've been talking about wrath. And here's the reality of that simple phrase in John 3.36. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, God's wrath is on you right now. Right now. You're under His wrath right now. You comfortable with that? That's the picture. And then if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you come to realize the patience of our God and the kindness of our God, and the grace of our God, and the mercy of our God, and the love of our God, and all that He has done for us. And we stand back and we're amazed, aren't we? As those who do not deserve such things, God gave this to us out of His patience and His love for us. And we're thankful, aren't we? We know that's true. Okay, so Paul says, okay, you appreciate that. God's given that to you. The Holy Spirit who indwells you is producing that in you. Guess where you're to aim that now? At the other person. So often we aim our wrath. But he says, no, 
long on wrath. This is what we do. With patience, gentleness, the tolerance, we love one another. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit. What an incredible calling we have. What an incredible calling we have. I'm going to let you just let that soak this week. All right? Work on your heart with these things. You might find yourself at times stopping before you respond. It may change your choice of words. It might change your your actions in situations. It may change your view of that other person. But most of all, I want you to be acknowledging this simple question. Am I walking by the Spirit now? That's your test. If patience is the fruit, (laughs) rejoice in that. Alright? That's the question that we're going to ask because that's the command. Walk by the Spirit. Am I walking by the Spirit? The evidence will be in your patience. Heavenly Father, we come before you, we're, we're humbled by these words here today, for we know too well how our flesh responds to things that annoy us. Well, we talk about endurance and things like traffic jams or flat tires or bad days at work, but today we're talking about people, people that we encounter day by day, some in our family, some in our workplace, some in our ministry, but certainly people like we are people as well. People that so rightly deserve to be squashed and removed and crushed under wrath, and yet you, through your great patience and your love and your thoughts for us, saved us. And that's what we're asked to take, that very same thing that called us and aim it toward other people. And this is going to be a radical change for some of us It's going to be quite a challenge for most of us to look at people the way you look at people. To look at people the way you looked at us. But I pray that you do that work in our hearts. That we will be different. Even down to our very responses. We don't know what this week might bring, but Lord, we want to walk with the Spirit. Impress that upon our hearts even now. May it be the cry, the desire, the goal that we will seek this week. In Jesus' name, amen.